Luke 2, 41 to 52. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Let's pray together. Father, we come into your house today. Lord, not because there's anything special uh, or or mysterious about this building, Lord, but because when your people gather together, when your family gathers together, you are here among us. And I pray, Lord, that your presence, your grace, your love, the love of the Father's heart would fill this place and that we would know that as your children by faith, God, we belong in our Father's house. And I pray that you would teach us and meet with us today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, every year around the holidays, uh, at Christmas time, among the festivities and the food, um, I'll be honest, I always experience this, this discontentment. And growing up, I think this comes from growing up every, uh, every Christmas, every year, it was always the same thing. Um, my family never did anything differently. We always took the same vacations every year. We celebrated Christmas the same way, celebrated Thanksgiving the same way. And so Christmas morning, we'd wake up, we'd run downstairs and open presents and eat breakfast and play with our toys. And then we would drive to Santa Barbara and we would have a late lunch with my dad's family. And then we'd go down the street to my mom's family. We'd have dinner there and more presents. And then we'd drive back to Lompoc where inevitably I would fall asleep sleep in the car and my dad would carry me to bed and then I would wake up in the morning and celebrate my dad's birthday. Today would be my dad's 66th birthday. And it was the same every year, but every year since that, as I've gotten older, not only am I changing, but my family is changing. My my environment is changing. The scenery is changing. The people are changing. There's new people now at some of these same events as my siblings and cousins and I have gotten married and had our own families. It's, it's beautiful. It's sweet as there's more children in the house and, 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 and it's beautiful. But there are also people who are no longer with us. There are people who have, have, we've lost way too soon. And so it's not the same anymore. The things that we grew up with, the people that we grew up with, the celebrations that we grew up with, even though it's the same day and it's somewhat the same context, everything is different. And so I've had a hard time enjoying enjoying fully the good things that are in front of me because 
Just things aren't the same, and change can be hard. I haven't ever been able to place these feelings of discontentment and longing, but this year, um, in fact, it was, it was last night, I realized that I think what's going on is I'm, I'm homesick. It's that similar feeling of, of homesickness, but I'm not homesick for a place. It's, it's for a time, for memories, homesick for a feeling, homesick for something that really doesn't actually exist anymore or at least it doesn't exist in the same way. And I think this is true for, if not all of us, for most of us. Um, this feeling of longing for home. We're all longing for home. We're longing for that place in life where everything is as it should be. And we get glimpses of it. You get glimpses of it maybe by returning to a childhood home or or looking through old photo albums, or listening to a particular song, or tasting a a recipe that your grandmother used to make. It has that ability to transport you back to to simpler times, to to, to better times when you got carried to bed after falling asleep in the car. It's these feelings of home. But as a whole, everything is different. And so home Home doesn't exist. Home is just a memory. And scripture actually teaches that humanity has not been home since the Garden of Eden. So the garden at creation was our home and it was God's home as well. And so God and humans lived together and and walked together in the cool of the breeze of the the day. And humans partnered with God and we we served with God to cultivate his creation and to make it to flourish. And there there was this unbroken intimacy between the man and the woman and between them and God. They were safe. They belonged Humanity was home with God in the garden. They had everything that they needed right there with them. But then Satan creeps in and he deceives them and he makes them believe that God was holding out on them. And so they rebelled against God. And just like any betrayal in life, their relationship with God and with one another and with creation was broken. And their, hint, their intimacy, that intimacy they were created to have with God was hindered. And so the humans were sent into exile They were sent away from their home in the garden to wait for the day when God would bring someone to redeem them from their sin and invite them back home into the presence of God. And so humanity has has not been at home since the garden. And these themes, these themes of home and exile, they continue Throughout the entirety of the scriptures, when the children of Israel are wandering in the wilderness away from home, God gives them instructions to build the tabernacle and he prescribes rituals that they have to undergo in order to enter his presence. And so God gives them the opportunity to experience home again in his presence in the tabernacle. And then again, after bringing them into the promised land and then building the temple, These places that the tabernacle and the temple were like the Garden of Eden and that God and humans again occupied the same space at the same time in the temple. The people were home in God's presence, but then they rebelled again against God and they worshiped false gods and they were sent again into exile away from the land and away from the temple. And again, they waited for God to bring them back 
home, and he did. God eventually did. He brought them back home, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't what they had remembered. The Israelites returned from exile. They rebuilt the temple, and there was this great celebration. But the older generation who remembered the previous temple were sad because this new temple did not have, was not as grand as the temple that Solomon had built. They had so much to celebrate. They were back in the land, but they would never truly be back home. Everything was different. And so we have a word to describe those who are far from home and can't find their way back. It's called being lost. And so apart from the presence of God, humanity is lost. We are far from home. We can't find our way back on our own. We're lost. But our text today tells an interesting story. Outside of the birth narratives of Matthew and Luke, this is the only story in the Bible about Jesus' childhood. When he's 12 years old, he goes with his family to Jerusalem to the Passover feast, and his family returns back home, but Jesus isn't with him. They had lost him. I always picture this scene, like this caravan, right? And I always picture Mary, she's, you know, she's in a wagon or on a cart somehow, and the uh, wagon's being pulled by a donkey, probably, and she just has that unsettling feeling that, that something is, is not right. And in a, in, a, in a moment of terror, she sits up like that scene on the airplane from Home Alone and says, Jesus! You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, Kevin! And she, she realizes, where, okay, where's Jesus? I haven't seen Jesus in a while. And so they search everywhere, and he's lost for three days. They don't know where Jesus is for three full days. A couple weeks after bringing our dog home, we thought he got out the front fence. And for three minutes, I had no idea where this dog was. He was just asleep on the lawn. I didn't see him, but we thought he was gone. I didn't know where he was for three minutes. And I was terrified. And my dog is not the savior of the world. <laughs> Can you imagine what it's like to lose the savior of the world for three days? Mary and Joseph knew who he was. It's seen the angels that, you know, the shepherds came. Like we talked about this a couple days ago and they lose the savior of the world for three days. And when they finally find him, he's in the temple and he's confused. Why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? And so what I want us to realize just very simply is that Jesus is the only person since the garden who has never truly been lost. Jesus is never lost. He's, he is never apart from his home. He is never lost. Jesus, in, in, his, uh, in his humanity, is the only person who has never been lost. He's always with God. See, Jesus is, is fully God, and he's fully human. Like in Eden and in the temple, Jesus is where heaven and earth meet. Jesus is where God and humanity meet. They occupy the same space at the same time in the person of Jesus. And so Jesus is, he is the promised land. Jesus is Eden, not because he's literally those things, but because he fully embodies what those places are supposed to represent. He is God and man in perfect unity. 
Even as a child, Jesus recognized that he had this special relationship with God. He was God's son, and as such, he belonged in the temple. He belonged in his father's house. And this is good news, because if Jesus is never lost, it means that Jesus can never be misplaced. You can never misplace Jesus. You can never leave him behind, forget where he is. When, when, with kids in the house, Katie and I, we spend a lot of time looking for things that have been misplaced. I once found the remote control for the TV in the car. No idea how that happens. Uh, but it's, honestly, it's, it's not always the boy's fault. Uh, I am also just really bad at looking for things. <laughs> I'm really bad at finding things. One day, uh, my wife was out of the house, and I was looking for the dog's leash, and I texted my wife. I said, have you seen Zeke's leash? And she literally responded to me, send me a picture of the living room, and I'll find it for you. <laughs> she just assumed that it was in plain sight, and that her husband was blind. But you cannot misplace Jesus. Jesus is God with us. And yet, there will be seasons in life and seasons in our faith when we feel distant. And in those seasons, we can begin to feel like we've done something wrong or that we've left him behind somewhere. But Jesus is never lost. He knows exactly where he is. He knows exactly where you are. And he knows exactly what he's doing in your life. He cannot mis- be misplaced. However, sometimes we place our faith in the wrong things. Sometimes when we feel distant, it's because we've been trusting in something other than Jesus for a season. Maybe it's, it's money. When money is tight, Jesus feels distant because we're, we're looking to money to satisfy and we don't feel satisfied. And so we assume it's God that's left us, but we're just placing our faith in the wrong thing. We're looking for security and comfort in the wrong thing. And though when we're aware of our misplaced faith, we don't need to call a search party again and start looking for Jesus. He's right there. He is with us. He is not the one who has walked away. And so though our faith may have been misplaced, Jesus cannot be misplaced. Jesus might be misused by us at times or misprioritized in all of our various priorities, but he's never far from us. He is always pursuing us. And so if Jesus is never lost, then in Christ, you are never lost. In Jesus, you are never lost. The home that we're longing for, the safety that we need, the comfort of knowing that all is as it should be, it can only be found in Jesus. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us, like the garden and like the temple. Humanity is home in Christ. In this next year, there's going to be things that you don't understand. There's going to be joys. There's going to be pains. There's going to be good news. And there's going to be bad news. In this next year, there's going to be seasons when we're desperate for wisdom, desperate for comfort, desperate for direction. But if you know Jesus, you're not lost. If you know Jesus, you cannot be lost. You have been pursued and you have already been found. Apart from Jesus, we are all lost. 
confused and aimless and and without hope. But Jesus is the one who leaves the 99 in pursuit of the one. And when he does, he rejoices over you like a found treasure. You're not car keys. You're You're not something inconsequential that he doesn't, you know, always know where it is at every given moment. No, he knows you. He made you. He placed you in your life, in this context, in this culture for a purpose. Not even sin can tear you away from Jesus. You are found. You're perpetually found. Never to be lost again. And this means that in Christ, you're not only never lost, you're never alone. Jesus is with you. The very presence of God that dwells with you by faith. And nothing can separate you from him. Sin cannot separate you from him. Before you ever believed, Jesus died for your past, present, and future sins. He knew everything that you have done, everything you will do. He died for those things so that when you come to him in faith, he knows exactly what he's getting and he loves you. And his promise to you is that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you. You are never alone. Jesus is with you. And if Jesus is with you, your church family is also with you. And your church family is for you. Even when we disagree. Even when we have conflict. Even when we hurt one another and and disagree with one another about important things. We are family. And that's more important than politics or opinions or anything else. When you are in need, your family in Christ is here to help you. When you're hurting, your family in Christ is here to grieve with you. When you're celebrating, your family in Christ is here to rejoice with you, to celebrate the good things that God is bringing into your life. The culture, the way it's moving, wants people to be torn apart and driven away from each other, isolated from one another, divided against each other. But the church is united in Christ, and therefore we are indivisible, even across denominations. We are united. We are together. We are family. We are sons and daughters and therefore brothers and sisters. And as the family of God, you belong in your father's house. We belong in our father's house. I mentioned it briefly already, but today today would have been my dad's 66th birthday. And this concept of home for me vanished almost overnight. Everything was different immediately after he passed away almost 15 years ago. Many of you have had similar experiences. Many of you have lost incredible people, dear loved ones. And ever since that moment, life would never be the same. Many of you have experienced this loss of a home this year, either because it seems that COVID has changed everything in our world or because your church home is not the same. Everything is different. When we have these experiences, we can even call them experiences of exile. We're we're not where we belong. We're, We're not home. We're still longing for those experiences. And most of the time, what we're longing for no longer exists. It's not 
possible anymore. You can't have the same family Christmases. You can't have the the same relationships anymore. You can't have the same worship experiences, but you do have a home in your heavenly father's house. None of us belong here in and of our, our own selves, but we've all been invited here because of the pursuing love and the powerful grace of Jesus. We don't belong here, but we've been invited here. We've been adopted into the family of God. And so because of what he's done, we've been made to belong here. By faith, you have been made to belong in your father's house. See, Jesus accomplished this for us. Though Jesus has never been lost, he does know what it's like to be away from home. The Son of God left his kingdom and his throne in heaven to come to earth. He left the glory of eternity behind to take on humanity. He left his home and he came to ours so that he could bring us back into the place that we belong. And this morning, a a dear sister reminded me in prayer that Jesus also knows what it's like to not be welcome in his home. Maybe some of you know that experience, not to be welcome in in your home. See, Jesus later in life, he returned to the temple, not as a boy, but as as a man, as a part of his his ministry. And, And some of the religious leaders come to him and they say, tell us plainly, are you the Christ? If you're the Christ, say so. And they didn't like what Jesus had to say. And so not only did they thrust him out of the temple, out of his father's house, but they tried to kill him. And they eventually would be successful in killing him. As he, as he lived and, and suffered his life, he was rejected by those that he came to save and he was nailed to the cross and he did it all to bring his family back into his presence. He did it all to restore that intimacy with him that we had lost in the garden. He did it all to bring us home into his father's house, to bring us home into his kingdom and glory. And so as we prepare for the future, as we prepare for what God has for us in the new year, it's going to be tempting to fix all the things in our lives that we don't don't like, to try to find home. This year is the, the year that it's all going to come together, where all the pieces fall into place. And maybe you've already made New Year's resolutions. You've got your vision board. You're super motivated. And so 2022 is going to be the, the, the year of the new you. Many people are going to try to to find themselves this year. But for the family of God, what you need to know is that Jesus has found you. You are perpetually found. You are never lost in Christ. That you are home with Jesus in your Father's house. And I just want you to know that you don't have to change anything to belong. You don't have to change anything to belong in this place. You don't have to change your life. You don't have to change. You you don't have to change. But over time, as you spend time with your father, you will find that the spirit of God in you is transforming you from the inside out, making you more like his son and making you more at home in his presence and among his people. You belong with Jesus. You belong in the word of God and in prayer. You belong at the Lord's table. 
by faith, you belong in the gathering of God's people. You belong with those who know what it means to be saved by grace, who have been lost but now are found. And so this year, as we turn the page on 2021 and we enter 2022, when you don't know where to go, when you don't know to whom you can turn, you belong in your Father's house and in Christ you always have a home. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for welcoming us into your house. Lord, that we can come here and know that we're accepted. We can come here and know that we belong. Lord, we can come here not based on our own merit, but by the grace of Jesus Christ. You have made us your sons and daughters. And so we are free to come into our Father's house to encounter your presence. God, sometimes uh, I, I know this in myself. I have this, I feel this need to um, look like I've got everything all together in order to belong, in order, to, um, in order to, to feel like I fit or to make people feel like I fit. But God, I'm, I'm, I'm accepted by your grace and your grace alone. We're accepted by your grace and your grace alone. We are accepted because of what Christ has done, not only accepted, but adopted into your family. And so God, I pray that you would, you would allow that, your presence to bring that sense of, of belonging, that sense of gratitude that we are in our Father's house, that when we are with you, we are home. Lord, we pray that you would stir up gratitude and joy and worship in our hearts because of what you have accomplished for us. Lord, we love you and we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.